This is Pastor Mike, and I want to welcome you to the Life Fellowship Podcast. I know that the trials of each of you experience can often feel overwhelming, and at those times, the enemy tries to bring discouragement into your life. Remember that in John 16, Jesus tells us to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Today, as you listen, I pray that God's word ministers to you and that the power of the Holy Spirit deposits joy and peace into your situation. If you have a Bible this morning, and I know we'll have this on the overhead, turn to Matthew chapter 3. I'm going to read just a couple of verses this morning. Now I want to talk to you about a subject this morning. Do you have the fire? Do you have the fire? This is John the Baptist speaking in this text. For the sake of time, I cut the scripture down to these couple of verses. It says, and now the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And John goes on to say, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. In other words, he's, he's saying that my baptism signifies your salvation, that you're a Christian, that you've been saved. Everybody understands that. He said, I baptize you unto repentance. There's not going to be any doubt after I baptize you. You're going to be saved. Don't worry about it from that point on. But then he goes on to say this. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I. Greatness, unflawed greatness, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. We'll stop right there just a second. We all understand that. If we've been in a charismatic or church of God, any at all, we understand when we talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He said he is coming and will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. But there's the last little part of this text I want you to get. And with fire. There is a separation there, the Holy Spirit and fire. Someone once asked a great man of God the secret of his success, and he simply said, well, I'm on fire for God. And the world comes out to see me burn. I want to ask you in your life today, does the world see you burning for the Lord? We have no doubt a great number of our congregation in here today, and not just this congregation, but the church at large that has experienced salvation and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Then I want to ask you, why don't we see enough, why don't we see people on fire? Do people really see you burning for the Lord? He who has no fire in himself cannot warm others. That's what's wrong with most believers in churches today. They've lost their fire. They have no real emotion for God. 
Now, you may not have to act like Dalton when he leads music. He's, he's emotional. But, but it's because he's on fire. Now, you may not be able to jump around like him. But I want to tell you, if the fire of God is in your life, there should be some type of emotion. I, I, now, this is, I should have brought something to do a visual analogy with this today. But I'm going to just give it to you. If, if, if Dalton was to come back up here. Well, I'll use my son Anthony because y'all know Anthony. He doesn't get super excited a lot of the times. He's, he's, uh, we played paintball yesterday and he got pretty excited. But he doesn't get, but if Anthony was to come up here and I was to take a, a blowtorch with fire on it, and I was to say, now Anthony, I want you to face the congregation and I'm going to take that blowtorch and I'm just going to come right here to the back of your jeans and you just contain yourself. It's going to be okay. How long would it take before Anthony began to show a little bit of emotion? Why? Because if the fire got hot enough, or oh, somebody listen to me this morning, if the fire got hot enough, we may see Anthony breakdancing up here in the altar. Because when the fire gets hot enough in your life, you'll show some emotion. You won't be able to contain yourself. <clears throat> the church should be a furnace to the world that's growing cold. I want you to recognize this morning that the world at large is growing cold to the things of the Lord. I'll even take it a step further. Many churches are growing cold to the things of the Lord. Many churches are waxing cold. Uh, the, the scripture even talks about that the love of many will wax cold. And I want to tell you that the church should be a furnace. It's still there like an old furnace in a basement that hasn't been fired up. And Y'all don't even know what basements are here. i got to remember I'm in Texas now. But anyway, an old furnace in a house that hadn't been fired up in a long time, but it still sits there, but there's no fire on the inside of it, the fire has gone out. And I want to tell you, the church needs to become a furnace that begins to draw in the world by the heat that we have. And you do that one coal or one ember at a time. I wish, I was thinking this morning just riding here, I knew what I was going to preach on today. And I was trying to say, God, how do I get the whole church to be on fire for you? God, I want my, I want everybody, I want, I want Jim Carwell, and I want Joshua, and I want Doug Laney, and I want all of our youth, and I want, I want Chad, and I want Kelly, and I, just everybody throughout this place, I want everybody to be as on fire for God as I feel like I am. I said, God, how do I get the whole church? And he just spoke to me and says, one ember at a time because when people begin to accept the fire of God into their life and say God I recognize that I need your fire all of a sudden you'll come into this place and it won't be one person standing or one person clapping or one here or one there I want to tell you every person in the sound of my voice this morning you have a personal responsibility to the kingdom of God to allow the fire of God to inundate your life and bring some emotion out of you how long has it been since you really showed some emotion in the house of God how long has it been since you really got emotional over what God has done in your life it's because we have a lack of fire 
Well, I've got the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Well, where in the Lord's name is the evidence of it? God wants you to have fire in your life. One ember at a time, we can rebuild the fiery furnace of the church that gives off the warmth and the glow to the world. The story, Billy Sunday, one of the most, I guess, famous evangelists that we've ever had. He said that a well-known village atheist was seen running down the street because a church building had actually caught on fire. And he was sprinting down the road and somebody knew him very well. Everybody in town knew him. They said, man, where are you going? I have never seen you head to a church and particularly not so fast. He said, well, I've never seen a church on fire before. And I want to tell you, if we the church become on fire for God, you won't be able to keep people away. Listen, listen to me this morning. I want you to really get this today. I, I said this last week. You know, we can, get into, we can get into stylistics. As pastors, Lord, Lord knows we read books. We'll read books by Jensen Franklin or Robert Morris, and I mentioned those because they're all top-notch men, and there's many, many others. We'll, we'll read books by all these men on what to do, but you know something? We can't compete with this church or that church. We can't compete with the potter's house or this house or that house. The only thing that we're to do as a child of God is to begin to invite the fire of God back into this place. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter if we decide to have service at 9.30 on Friday night. If the fire of God is glowing in this place, people will come. What we lack is fire. We've got the building. We've got, we've even got stadium seating. I just want to tell you when we came and tried out and I walked in and I saw stadium seating, I just kind of tingled all over. I loved it. We've got all of this stuff to make us comfortable and attractive, but without any fire, we're just a dead furnace. If you're on fire, the world will come to watch you burn. People who have the fire of God show emotion in their life. Maybe your emotions should show the fire of God and not your tantrums. I know I got to move on. I can't stay there. But what if the fire of God becomes so rich? I, when I grew up in Virginia and we, everybody had a basement. And in the basement we had a wood burning stove that was lined with fire bricks. And I used to love as a kid when I got old enough, my dad would tell me to go in, go down. He said, son, I want you to stoke the fire and put, a, put one of those green logs on the fire. We called it an all-night log because it would, it would burn all night. If you put something too dry on there, it would just burn up quickly. And I would open that old wood stove. And the inside of that firebox would look about like that orange jacket that I wear about once a month. 
it was glowing because of the heat. And we need to begin to show the fire of God in our life. Abraham Lincoln enjoyed the fire of God. He said, I don't like lukewarm preaching. He said, when I hear a man preach, I want him to look like he's fighting a swarm of bees. That was his way of saying, I want to see some, and that's a real quote, you can look it up. He said, I want somebody to have emotion about talking about my Savior. And I want to ask you today, how much emotion do you have when you talk about the Lord? Do you get excited? Can you remember what it was like when you first got saved or when God brought you out of where you were? I talked about it. It's been a month or so ago now. An old, old fella back at, in Virginia at our church named Joe. He was a, Joe, a, Joe was a drug addict and a drug dealer. And uh, uh, Joe didn't ever have a lot to say, but he would get, uh, when we would be going in a worship service and God would begin to move, all of a sudden you would just hear Joe begin to say, thank you, oh, thank you. And over and over again, you would just hear, thank you, thank you, thank you. Joe would begin to show emotion because he began to realize that the fire of God, it began to burn away things in his life that shouldn't be there. And I want to tell you today, we've got to begin to show emotion when it comes to the things of the Lord. If we don't show emotion, we're no different than any other dead church. We need to show the fire of God in our life. There are several things I'm going to give you this morning that you need to recognize about fire, about the fire of God. The first one is that fire protects. Psalms 97.3 said, fire goes before him, speaking of the Lord. And it says, it, it consumes his foe. Where? On every side. This New King James says, and it burns up his enemies round about, all the way around. Fire protects. I want you to understand this morning that the fire of God is not only meant just to draw in the lost or draw in the ones that need to be restored, but the fire of God in your life, when it's active, it is protection for you because fire keeps predators at bay. If you've ever watched a Western, you know that they kept the campfire burning so that the coyotes wouldn't come in to the camp. I'll tell you something else. You can research it that lions and tigers are deathly afraid of a fire. 1 Peter 5, 8 says that the enemy is like a roaring lion in that he goes around seeking whom he may devour. And I want to tell you something this morning that if you would allow the fire of God to inundate your life, it will begin to keep back some of the problems that you have because every time the enemy comes, he recognizes, whoa, 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 I can't go near there. I can't go there because I feel the heat. I see the flame burning. I see something different in their life. 
Lions are naturally terrified of fire. And I want to tell you something. The devil is naturally afraid of the fire of Almighty God. He's already seen the power of Jesus at work in the salvation experience. He is afraid of the fire of God. Does the enemy feel free to enter your camp? Does the enemy feel free to come into your camp or does he see a fire burning? Can he feel the heat? Has anybody ever maybe been watching a fire but it gets so hot that your face begins to get warm or too hot by the heat and fires can begin to burn uncontrollably? And I want to tell you, God is telling us We've got to understand that his fire is for our protection. The fire of God. You've got to understand the enemy is scared of the fire. Has your fire died down in your life? Have you got the protecting fire of the Holy Ghost in your life? Are you keeping the enemy at bay or are you inviting him in by your lack of fire? Seeking whom he may devour. That means that there's also those that may not be devoured. And I want to tell you this morning that the fire of God is so important for you to have evident in your life. You know what we need to have in the church? We need, to, we need to have people that are so full of the fire of God. Maybe you're one of the ones, maybe you come in a wheelchair, or maybe you're disabled. Where's Sister Evelyn at this morning? There she is back there. Maybe a Sister Evelyn, she comes in on that walker. Maybe she can't run the aisles anymore, but we need people to come into the house of God so full of the fire of God that Sister Evelyn says, I tell you what, Dalton, if you would, just take a lap for me right now. I need somebody to begin to show the fire of God that I have in my life. Because fire protects. The fire of God will protect the church. Mm. You see, fire is seen and fire is a draw. And if we keep our eyes on the fire of God, we won't look at so many other little things. Because let me tell you something about the church. It's an imperfect organism as we know it. And let me give you some other encouraging news. It's never going to get right until we're glorified. As long as we've got people in it. But when we keep the fire of God evident, and we keep our eyes on the fire, when we keep our eyes on what he's doing, God begins to radically change his people. Fire also radiates and gives direction. In Exodus 34, it gives us an account of Moses. He's been up to the top of Sinai for the second time and received the Ten Commandments. And he comes back down. And the Bible says he didn't even know it, but his face shone radiant with the glory of God. Yet people could tell he had been in God's presence. I find it interesting that this came from a one-on-one -on -one encounter with the Lord. If you're depending on the Sunday morning experience to ignite the fire of God in your life, you're going to be just a smoldering ember your entire Christianity. I t oh, my, help me this morning. 
This is what you're going to be like. If you, if you depend on the Sunday morning experience, you're going to be somebody where all, the pastor is always doing this right here. I got it going again. I got, got it going. What, 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 what? Oh, 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 there's another one. There's another one. And before you know it, every leader in the church is spending all of their energy fanning an ember to keep it smoldering when all you've got to do is get yourself in the one-on-one presence with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and begin to cultivate a personal relationship with the Lord. And I honestly, I'm not talking about myself, so I don't anybody think, I can see people now wonder who he's having been fanning this last week. It's nobody, but listen, it happens. I hear people talk about mega church pastors. Well, you can't never talk to that pastor. You know why they got it rigged up where you can't never talk to them? Because they would die of heart attack and stress in a year because all they'd be doing is this. Because everybody needs Come on. When a one-on-one relationship with the Lord will begin to ignite the fire on the inside of you and give you direction and allows you to give direction to other people. Fire may be the only way people will ever receive from you. Let's face it, without the fire of God, none of us are anything very special. Moses was a stutterer. He was a murderer. He was a failure by most accounts. But with the fire of God, he was a miracle worker. With the fire of God, he was one that went up on the mountain and came back so full of who God was that he had to wear a veil over his face. What do people see when they look at your face? Do they see the fire in the excitement and the enthusiasm of God in you? Or do you look like you've been eating prunes? I'm just being real. What do people see in you? Does the wind of the Holy Spirit continue to fan that flame in your life where God's fire becomes so evident that you're able to do like Moses and Moses led God's people through a difficult time. Can I tell you, God has people that only you will be able to lead through a desert. There are people that are placed in all of our lives that are put there for a purpose and God wants to use you but the fire of God must be evident in your life because most of the time people are going to be that smoldering ember but they need somebody that they can look at they say you know what I want exactly what they got because I understand that without God without his fire that person is no different than me they're just a walking train wreck and all of a sudden another ember at night because they recognize it's not my bite. It's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And the fire of God begins to inundate somebody's life. You've got to have the fire of God. Fire protects. Fire radiates. It gives direction. Thy word 
is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The third thing fire does, fire purifies. 2 Corinthians 3.13. I'm going to read it right here because I either gave him the wrong scripture or it's the wrong translation. 2 Corinthians 3.13. Their work will be shown for what it is because that day will bring it to light. It will be revealed by fire and the fire will test. Listen to this. The fire will test the quality of each person's work. Boy, that's a bold verse. The fire will test the quality of each person's work. It's talking about in the end of days that your works will be tested by fire. But I want to tell you a great secret you don't have to wait to then for your works to be tested by fire. If you begin to allow the fire of God to be active in your life today, your works can be tested on Sunday and on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday so that you don't get way behind. Listen, if you go too long without a test, you get complacent. If you go too long without being tested, you forget what's right and what's wrong. But when the fire of God is evident in your life, God will begin to test your work over and over and over again and all of a sudden you're able to function like you should. We test the purity of gold by a fire. Listen to this. Gold boils and melts at 1948 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't even know how to give you any kind of parameters of how hot that is but just say, sister, it's hot. 1948 degrees. And I want you to listen to this process. In ancient times, when scriptures were written, the form of refining gold involved a craftsman sitting next to a hot fire with molten gold in a pot. And it was stirred and skimmed to remove impurities that rose to the top through the fire. The resulting product was almost pure gold, 24-karat gold. And I want to ask you in your life this morning, what have you got that needs to be stirred and skimmed? Because not until the fire of God begins to get into your life does it break us down to the point where we can recognize some of that stuff. The gold had to be melted before the impurities would rise to the top. And if you want to know the truth, have you ever heard anybody say, well, I, I, I just don't know about that fire of the Holy Ghost and all that stuff. That, that scares me. Anybody, ever, everybody's heard somebody say that. I can tell you why it scares them because the fire of God is evident and it, people know that it's going to bring stuff out that needs to come out. If you'll get close enough to the fire of God and let the fire of God inundate your life, 
Some of the problems that you come up against day in and day out, you're not going to struggle with anymore because the fire of God is going to begin to break every morsel of you down. And the craftsman is just sitting there, the craftsman, Jesus Christ, and he's just constantly moving and stirring. And every time he sees something impure float to the surface, he says, yep, that's what I was looking for. I don't know about you, but I've been through some times in my life when I thought I pretty much had things on the run, but all of a sudden in that moment, I recognize all of a sudden that God says, nope, I've got something else for you to do. I've got something else that I need to bring out of you so I can take you to the next level. And I want to tell you in this place this morning, God wants to take you to the next level. God wants to do something greater in your life but you can't stay like you are it's always a work in progress we're all under construction we're all being used and molded and shifted by God and I want to tell you today that the fire of God listen quit trying to fix some of your problems yourself because without the fire of God in your life it will never happen it will never happen what in your life needs to be stirred and skimmed? May have John or Dalton one come to the keyboard for me. Well, Pastor, where, where, where do we start? And I'm going to talk about the fire of God for the next couple of Sundays, I think. But Where do we start at? How do, how do I have the fire of God? Because let's be honest, a lot of us have lost our emotion for who God is. Well, Pastor, how do you know that? If you really believed that the Spirit of God was in this place and He was going to do for you whatever you needed, there'd be some shouting going on. Most of the time in American churches today, you can't even hear a pin drop when people pray. You go get you a YouTube video of a foreign church praying in their prayer time. The roof is being raised off of that place. And in the American church, this is what we do. Well, let, let's, take, let's take some time to pray. We can't, even, we can't even give the Lord the effort of opening our mouth and lifting our voice to him. I'm just being real this morning. I'm, I, I'm not getting on any. I'm just being real this morning. How much emotion, how much fire. You, you say, well, I have, if you've got fire, you've got emotion. How much emotion do you show for the Lord? Well, Pastor, where do, where do we start? Where do we start? Share just a quick story out of Scripture. I'm not going to go there, but 1 Kings 19, talking about Elisha. He was about to have the mantle of Elijah cast on him. And the Bible says that he was plowing day in and day out. He was a farmer. He was plowing the same rut day in. After day, after day. But I saw something about six months ago. I've never seen that scripture before. The Bible says that he continued to dwell in Abel Mahola. 
which means the valley of exuberant praise. That's the name of where he lived. Even though he was doing the same old thing, he was chosen by God. The school of the prophets was just a few miles away from where Elisha was. All the graduates, all the people that had the degree, they had already graduated from Lee or from this college or that university. They already had the certificate. But God passed right on over that place. He said, I'm looking for somebody that'll take my fire and do something with it. Can I tell you, God's looking for people that'll take his fire and begin to share it so this ember and that ember and that ember becomes a blaze again. And he skips over that school of prophets. And he comes upon the little old farmer, Elisha, who's just plowing day after day. How many times must he have wanted to leave but he didn't. He said, I'm going to stay in the place of exuberant praise because I've got a hunger to do more for God. I've got a hunger. Listen, you can't have the calling like Elisha had. You don't get chosen by God to do what he did if you don't have a hunger. And if you need the fire of God in your life today, it starts with your appetite. When a pastor, you're meddling a little bit now. You're starting talking about what I'm going to do. If, you don't, if you've not made a single note today, you need to get this because this is important. If you get serious about having the fire of God in your life, listen, I've, I've, read, the, I've read books from great men of faith And every one of them have one thing in common. They were willing to sacrifice everything to have the fire. They were willing to sacrifice to have the fire. And I want you to get this. The dream is free. Dreaming about doing something great for the Lord. Dreaming about this church running 700 people dreaming about your family being restored. That is free, but the journey will cost you something. The dream is free, but the journey will cost you something. You say, Pastor, you're not excited about how? I'm excited to be at this church. I'm excited the direction we're going, how things are going. But I want to tell you, I don't want to stop. This, what we've got right here, this is just the tip of the iceberg of what God's called us to. What if, what if we get such a hunger and an appetite for the fire of God? Then in a week and a half, when we, oh my God, when we have back to school over here in the gym, and we've, we've got hundreds of broken family children.
coming in and out of that place. Some of them don't know what they're going to eat the next day. Some of them don't know if their mama or their daddy is going to be strung out on drugs the next day. But all of a sudden, there's 55 or 60 Holy Ghost people that have remembered that there was a fire that once burned on the inside of them and they begin to rekindle it and there's an appetite for God to do something in the life of broken children. It's the fire of God. It's the fire of God that can change us. It's the fire of God that can change us, nothing else. And it's going to cost you something to have the fire of God. Not free. It's not free. And I want to ask you, every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. You're in this place today. And you could say, Pastor, I, I've never even accepted Jesus as my Savior. Or maybe I've accepted Him, but I have really walked away from Him. I've backslidden. But today, my heart is burning within me because I have such a lack of God's fire and I've got a hunger for it again in my life. I want to ask you if that's you today, you need to rededicate it. You need to have a salvation experience. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand? I know we had a couple saved last Sunday. Anybody in here, you just want to see one hand, anybody else? You need to rededicate your life to the Lord. You need to set the, I see another hand. I see another. Anybody else? I'll wait just a moment. You can put that hand down. Thank you. Now, I want to I ask you this this morning. How many Christians, Holy Ghost-filled people, would be honest enough, swallow enough pride this morning to say, Pastor, I've lost a lot of my fire. But today, I want God to make me a burning ember again because I want to be content. Pastor, I've got a hunger and an appetite to have the fire of God operate in my life. Listen, church, you can, you, if you go to so long without eating, your body begins to shut off and it actually tricks your mind into telling you you're not even hungry anymore and you can become malnourished and die and don't even have an appetite because you went so long without eating. And the same is true spiritually. You can go so long without the fire of God burning in your life that you don't even recognize that it's gone. But I want to tell you today, I believe that God is in this house to reignite some fires today. I believe that God is in this house today to reignite some fires. And this is what I want you to do. If you need God to reignite a fire in your life today, if you raise your hand for salvation or rededication, I want you to get up out of your seat. I want to make a line all the way around and come down through. Thank you for listening to our podcast here at Life Fellowship Church in Hearst, Texas. God is doing great things at our church, and we would like for you to be a part. Join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.45 p.m. Get connected with us through Facebook or our website at www.lifefellowshiphearst.org. Thank you, and God bless.